It's good to be with you during this Advent season. I'm Pastor Adam, in case you don't know who I am, from First Covenant Church. Your Pastor Rick's out at uh, our church today, and I'm with you, and it's always good to be here. Um, I wanna, before I start, I want to give you a brief update on our Pastor Julie, who many of you know, and she started chemo treatment this past Thursday, her first one. She made it through just fine. She was actually in church this morning when I went by there, so that was good, but please keep praying for her, because uh, she's got five more chemo treatments to go over the next, uh, I don't know, 16, 15 weeks, so please keep praying for her. Please keep sending her all your love and prayers, and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna get through this, right? That's how we do it. Um, so anyway, I am here, and uh, it's always good to be with you. And I'm gonna be preaching on the Song of Zechariah this morning, and uh, I'm gonna start with this. I have two kids. Their names are Emmett and Kala. Emmett is five. Kala is three and they just finished swimming lessons. They really did. And by finished, I mean that they got into the water and they paddled around a little bit and then they got to play in the bubble pool at the end of the day. And they are not yet proficient in the art of swimming, but we hope that they will get there because we believe this is a life skill and it could literally save their life at some point. So on the last evening, of course, the parents were invited to come to see all the accomplishments that their kids have made. And we brought our phones and we took videos and photos and we're never gonna watch them again, but we did our good parent duty, right? And towards the end of the hour, Emmett and his class were asked to stand on the edge of the pool and jump in, right? That's what he was supposed to do, okay? Now, Emmett um, and his class were asked there, and the instructors were there to kind of catch them. The instructors were already there in the pool, but Emmett wasn't having it. He was not going to jump. Now, remember, Emmett is five, Remember, he is not yet a swimmer. He doesn't really actually know how to swim. So it's understandable, of course, that it would be a bit scary for him to, to jump in. So Emmett stood there on the edge of the pool, shivering from fear and from cold because he has no body fat on him at all. And he's just dripping wet. And he wanted to jump. And yet at the same time, he didn't want to jump. And we, of course, we start encouraging him, Emmett, jump in, go for it, you're going to be fine. Emmett, on the count of three, one, two, three, go for it. Nothing, nothing was working. He wasn't going to go in. And yet we could tell he wanted to go in, right? I mean, he, he stood there, he, he didn't run away. He stood on the edge of the pool trying to get enough courage in his five-year-old body to overcome his fear. And as his dad, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I watched all this unfold. I didn't know if he was going to walk away from all of this or if he was just going to jump and plunge right in. I honestly didn't know. And this probably went on for, you know, 30 or 40 seconds, which as a father seemed like three to four hours because you're watching your child make a life decision here. He really is making a life decision. And, and, and then, what do you think happened? Just a show of hands. Do you think Emma jumped? Anybody think he jumped in? Yeah? Some of you think he jumped in? And how many of you think he did not jump in? You people, this is Christmas. Of course he jumped in. I'm using my own son as an analogy in my Advent sermon. Of course he jumped in. And finally, he jumped in. And Tammy, his instructor, she caught him, and she brought him over to the, to the stairs to get back out of the pool. And you know what Emmett did? He ran around, and he was all smiles and he got right back in line because he wanted to jump in again and this is where you think the story ends but it doesn't because that would have been a happy ending but do you know what happened when Emmett got to his turn again to jump in same thing <laughs> same thing 
He stood there shivering from cold and fear and not wanting to jump in, trying to summon the courage to do it one more time. You'd think the thrill of the first jump would have overcome all of his fear. And I will grant that it didn't take as long to jump in the second time, but it wasn't immediate. Why? Because Emmett that evening showed me, his father, a truth about life. Why did he not jump in right away? Because it's always scary to jump. It's always scary to jump. Even when you have jumped before, there's this part of your brain that is telling you, even screaming at you, just jump in. It's going to be fine. You know it's going to be fine. And the other part of your brain is saying, what are you doing? Why are you jumping in again? What about all the things that could be going wrong in this moment? And that, my friends, is true for five-year-old boys on the side of a pool And for every single person on this planet, no matter what your age, who knows that you're about to do something new, but you're not quite sure if you are ready to do it. Which is why we need every year to remind ourselves to get ready for Christmas. We need to prepare our hearts and our souls for God to do a whole new thing in our lives. This is what it means to not take this season for granted or to make the story of Christ's birth into this world boring or routine. Instead, what we need to recognize every single year of our lives is that God is asking us to jump in again every single year. Christmas is about jumping into the loving, outstretched arms of God one more time. And every time you make that jump, it's going to be a battle. You know you're going to, but you don't quite want to. You know God's ready for you to jump, but you're not ready. You know that God's going to catch you and that God's got you, but we don't know what other things are going to go wrong when we take that jump. But make, make no mistake about it, every single Christmas you are being asked by God to jump in. Once again, jump in to God's way, God's arms, God's love, God's truth. Once again, jump. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. All heaven and all creation sing the wonders of your love. All heaven and all creation sing the wonders of your love. Amen. Now I'm here to tell you that God will wait for you to jump. God is much more patient than you or I or even a a, a swimming instructor. God is infinitely more patient. God will wait forever for one of us to come to him. God will wait generations, decades, even centuries and millennia for all of humanity to be ready to jump into God's arms once again. What you need to understand is that God's always ready for us, but we're not always ready to jump. God is always in the pool with outstretched arms saying to you and me, come on, the water's much better in here, but we're the ones when it comes to life and faith and any new thing that we're trying to do, we are the ones standing, shivering with cold and fear, trying to get up the courage inside of us to to, to jump right in. And when we do jump, you know it's glorious. God catches you. You emerge out of that jump, and there's smiles, and there's cheering crowds. And if you don't have cheering crowds, get Pastor Jay to play that old holy night for you. That was amazing, right? And and, and then just get ready to do it again. Today, you heard the song of Zechariah. 
And it was the song of a man who just jumped into the arms of God. He did it again, and he came out smiling. It was the song of a, of a priest who got to go into the temple one day when the people of Israel were finally ready to hear from God again. It was the song of an expectant father who's ready for his son, John the Baptist, to be great in the kingdom of God. But what you need to know about this song is that it took 400 years of shivering and fear on behalf of the people of God before we get to that moment in Zechariah. You know this? This is what most people forget about the Christmas story, is that for 400 years or so, before the birth of John the Baptist, before the birth of Jesus, God seemed silent. For 400 years, there were no prophets uh, the Israel and the, and the Jewish people were taken over by other countries, the Greeks, the Persians, the Romans. They never had their freedom. There is a 400-year gap between what happens at the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. And the prophet Malachi, at the end of the Old Testament, he ends with warnings to the people of God. You're doubting God, he says. You're offering imperfect sacrifices. Your priests, they're not honoring God. The people are not tithing. They're breaking the covenant with God. And God sends at the, says at the end of Malachi that, that destruction is coming. And then for 400 years, silence from God. And the people of God are taken over. And over and over again. And they're in exile and they're slaves and they're at the mercy of their captors. And God patiently waits. God waits for 400 years for his people to be ready for something new. God waits for his people to be ready to jump into his arms again. And then it happens. Then it happens. The people are ready to jump into life with God again. And Paul tells us at the exact right moment, at the appointed time, God sends Jesus into our world. And we sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let every heart prepare him room because God is speaking again. And God is moving again. And the people are rejoicing again. And there's a light shining again. A light shining in a 400-year-old darkness. And the darkness does not overcome it. You all need to say with me, hallelujah, go for it, hallelujah. But if you were there 2,000 years ago when God started speaking again, if you were there after 400 years of radio silence from God, how would you have responded in that moment? Would you be excited or perhaps fearful? Excited that you get to jump in with God again, but also a little bit scared of doing so. Wouldn't you be asking yourself, can this really be true? I mean, really? After 400 years, it's been so long. Generations, centuries have passed. And now, today, God is speaking to us again? It'd be kind of hard to believe. And guess what? The priest Zechariah, he doesn't believe it at first. If you know the story of Zechariah, he goes into the temple that day. He's just doing his normal thing. He's offering sacrifices, and the angel Gabriel appears to him while he's doing this. And the angel tells Pastor Zach, because we're on a first-name basis, that he and his, his wife Elizabeth are going to have a son, and they're going to name him John. That's John the Baptist. And while Zechariah is amazed, he also doesn't quite believe what the angel has said to him. He doubts, just like the people 400 years ago doubted, God, Zechariah doubts. And guess what happens this time? Zechariah goes silent. You know this part? He goes silent. 
Not for 400 years, but for nine months. Zechariah is not able to speak. He's not able to speak until his son is born, and he names him John. But even though the mute button got hit on Pastor Zach, we're told that immediately the people of God recognize that God is speaking again, that something's happening. You see, God had been waiting 400 years for his people to be ready. Zechariah had to wait another nine months. And then I want you to see what happens when when Zechariah gets to jump into God's arms once again. I want you to see how happy and delighted and amazed he is. Because as soon as Zechariah names his son John, we're told that he gets his voice back. And immediately he breaks into song, which makes all of us singers really happy. Of course he breaks into song. And it's a song that's been welling up in his heart for nine months. It's a song that the people of God have been yearning to sing for 400 years and I want you to join with me and Zechariah in this song. I want you to try this with me. In just a second, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna have you take a deep breath in and hold your breath and really hold it. Like, don't faint on me, hold it, but you know, just hold it for a second. And then when you're done holding your breath, I'm gonna say one, two, three, and you're gonna let it out with hallelujah. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Hold your breath. I'm going to count to three, and then you sing. You say, or sing, you can sing. Hallelujah. That's how it goes, okay? Are you ready? Say yes, Pastor Adam. Okay, good. Okay, now some of you can hold your breath. Okay, ready? Take a deep breath in. Hallelujah. My friends, that's how Zechariah begins his song. Did you know that? His first words after being silent for nine months were, praise be to the Lord, which is the English translation for the Hebrew word, hallelujah. And you waited just a few seconds to sing hallelujah. Zechariah Zechariah waited nine months to finally say, hallelujah, praise be to the Lord. You waited a few seconds. Zechariah waits nine months. God waits 400 years to finally be able to speak to his people again. And now 2,000 years later, God's speaking again. Of this, I am sure. God is speaking to our world and to our country and to our hearts because we could admit that over the past generations and decades, we as the people of God have been filled with more and more fear in what is going on around us, more and more doubt. We've been wondering why God seems so absent. We've been wondering if God is going to speak and move again. We're wondering if God is right there with outstretched arms ready for us to jump in. And God is saying to us this morning, Jump, I'm right here. I'm doing something new. But you all have to jump. You and I, when it comes to God and this faith, we have to stop shaking on the sidelines and jump in. And I have some ideas about what this means for me, and I would love to hear what this means for you. When I tell you this morning that God told me to tell you to jump, what does that mean for you? Does that fill you with excitement or fear or joy or a mixture of all of that? Because you know that God's been asking you to do something that God's been speaking, but you've been uh, holding back. You've been standing on the sidelines. You know that your faith and your life have been maybe a little bit distant from God recently. And, but now you're ready. You're ready to jump back in. You know that God wants to do something new in you and around you, but you haven't quite said to him yet, I'm ready. I'm not going to sit here on the sidelines anymore. I don't know. 
I don't know exactly what the Spirit of God is saying to you today. I just know that God told me to tell you to jump. That's that it's time. And he's ready to catch you with open arms. You don't have to wait anymore. Today's the day. Jump in. And when you do, God will catch you, and you will say, Hallelujah! Praise be to the Lord. And then I just want you to remember that God loves you. And I and everybody at First Covenant, we love you too. Let's pray. All heaven and all creation sing the wonders of your love. All of heaven and all creation sing the wonders of your love.